0: Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network. A brighter future for all. College Bar & Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley Hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M Drive, for energy, stamina
1: recovery
0: ice den scottsdale practice home of the arizona coyotes also in chandler college hockey southwest weekly is part of the ice time hockey sw.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and paul hornstein all right welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest it's another episode of college hockey southwest weekly Scott Strandy driving the show today from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, will be joining me in just a second on Long Island, New York, as we uh, bring you another College Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast. Paul, how are you this evening?
2: Uh, We're doing okay. It was a nice day out. I got to take a walk. The sun was out. Uh, Those days have uh, been a rarity. I hate to come on here and complain about uh, the weather when you're sitting in a hundred degrees, but uh, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so we're
0: we're not surprised. Uh, Paul. We're not surprised. We'd expect nothing less of you, to be honest.
2: Well, listen, I've, and I and I I see people on Twitter all the time. Bring it on, baby! Bring it on! Hundred degree days, love them, love them.
0: We love 100 Not a problem. We Would like them a little bit later than April uh, 29th or 28th, yeah. like we are right now. We like them a little later than that, but
2: come no July, hockey. you we're won't remember. Talking...
0: Exactly. We're still talking <laughs> hockey here in the desert Southwest. It's our uh, NCAA college hockey Southwest weekly show. Um, Paul, it never seems to die down, does it? I mean, you and I were were uh, texting back and forth today about transfers and people going different places and. And things happening tonight, we got a great guest joining us from uh, the, the BCHL up in Canada. we got the Penticton V's Director of Broadcasting and Communication, Trevor Miller, is going to join us. And he's got some real insight into some players that will be um, becoming Sun Devils very, very soon, we hope. So uh, we'll have yeah, I... Trevor here about 15 minutes or so.
2: Yeah, hopefully everything uh, connects properly. You never know with the genius of modern technology. Um, but this is the first time where the where the guest's name has been easier to say than than the team he represents. Uh, nothing personal, Ben and Jackie. Liz, I'm not gonna lie. I had to ask them. You know, this this time I didn't have to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, when you check the various main college hockey websites that that most people do it seems like every day somebody's transferring somewhere Uh, i'm not going to bore people with the names because you know if you and i don't know and we follow this closer than, than a lot of people and obviously we follow it from an asu perspective but you're sitting there and you're like holy smokes um i mean you know asu was the beneficiary of one of those transfers but it seems like every day there's two, three guys transferring from one school to the other. And it's not always from a, a place that you would expect people to transfer from to go stay to a, a, a bigger school or, or a blue blood school. Sometimes it goes the other way around. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, uh, like, was it earlier this week or late at the end of last week? Uh, somebody transferred from Denver to New Hampshire. Now it's it's the NCHC to Hockey East, so it's not, you know, uh, you know, and and you have, and I'm just using that as an example because that's the one that's in my screen right now. Uh, Bob Godet coached at Dartmouth for 32 years. He decided to retire. I mean, this stuff is going on every week, even though, uh, uh, you know. There's, there's no actual hockey going on. Uh, Northeastern lost a transfer to Bentley. Uh, Huntsville lost a, their leading score to Law. Uh, it's going on all over the place. Uh, but there is kind of ASU news. I don't know if you want to hit this now or at the end after Trevor. Um, that'll be up to you uh, since I usually leave the agenda up to you. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, I was actually saying to, to somebody today, it's strange. We all waited for big giant announcements, but stuff is coming out in, in drips and traps, whether it's ASU related or not. It's actually helping us out because it gives us something to talk about every week. I mean, it's been two weeks and we haven't even gotten to the team awards. That's how busy it's been. Absolutely. Right? We, yeah. we, we, we didn't even go over it.
0: Well, and here's the other thing, Paul, is that this strange. End to the regular season, the the playoffs and the national tournament bit, all that came to such an abrupt halt. And we all had our lives to live and, and figure out safety for ourselves and our families. Yeah. As did the players, the coaches, everybody. We still don't really know what in the world's gonna happen here. We we think no, we don't. It's, we think it's improving, but you know, every day I, I just watch the uh the evening news before the show, and when I'm looking at what's going on in the world, I'm going like, man, I don't know if we know anything more than we did six, seven weeks ago. We just know that this is bad, and uh, we keep hoping that we're doing the right things and our government's pushing the right buttons, and, uh, you know, who knows, right? But uh, Nobody knows. One thing we do know, the hockey uh, is going to come back at some point. In the meantime, what's going to happen is Places are going to continue to recruit at every level uh, in the professional ranks. They're signing guys. And the other thing, Paul, that that's really crazy is I can't believe the building that's going on. I mean, I told you uh, in a text message today that if I would have told you four years ago that Las Vegas would have five new ice sheets before Arizona state gets their arena or U of A gets an ice sheet, or the Tucson Roadrunners get their own practice facility. If I'd have told you that, you would have probably wanted to have my temperature checked because you thought I was crazy.
2: Well, some of that is the, the, the professional ranks versus the, 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 the college ranks, which are a completely different animal. But yeah, I mean, four years ago, I'd have never thought that Las Vegas would be putting up that many ice sheets. Uh, did I think that it would work there? Um, yeah, I kind of did. Um, and I, I think the NHL learned its lesson, uh, from, and you know, we're really going to talk a little inside baseball here. Um, they had a chance years ago to go to Oklahoma City and, and, and be the, the little, the big fish in the little pond. And, uh, they didn't do it. And the NBA beat them there. And now you can't get a ticket there. Uh, it's the same thing in Vegas. Winning obviously helps, but, um, like I said, I don't know if you want to talk about the ASU stuff now or you want to wait till after Trevor. Um, uh, I mean, we can get after, to
0: the. Let's wait till after Trevor because he's got a lot of good stuff to talk. We'll kind of lead into what he's going to be uh, talking to okay. us about because uh, you were the one that was able to get in contact and, and bring him on. And, you know, you can talk to players, you can talk to coaches, you can talk to GMs, but I think when you get down to the heart and soul of a hockey team, you talk to the the broadcast guys right because they see everything that goes yeah. on in every game and they have a really different insight because they really have nothing invested in the players other than watching them obviously they want them to win but it's uh, not like the laundry player yeah yeah they don't have to see that part but they can just see the outside and they can tell us what they see and and that's what's so cool about this is having these guys on you know every other week we try to get one and uh, yeah. get them to chat a little bit about it. But you know, I'm looking through the roster of uh, Penticton, and when I looked, first of all, to see where it was exactly located, it's it's a little bit to the east of Vancouver. But man, I'm betting it's a pretty pretty city on the edge of a lake with the uh, the mountain, the Rocky Mountains running through. And and we'll get that from from Trevor as well. But you yeah, know, some of the names that jumped out at me, uh, I see Jackson Niedemeyer. I see Tristan Amonti. I see right. uh, Carson Kosubud. So right. there's some there's some players that we want to talk about, and you also brought up one that was already there, uh, and had played there. So, so he's got a lot to tell us, and I, I think it's interesting because a lot of players, the BCHL is a heavily heavily recruited for not only NCAA hockey but uh, ACHA hockey. I know that uh, ASU or uh, UNLV and uh, Arizona for sure, as well as uh, Grand Canyon. I'm sure ASU does as well. Uh, does a lot of scouting of the BCHL to see who they can get guys that maybe don't get that scholarship they wanted. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to Trevor about it. But yeah. what's your thoughts? What do you want to ask them uh, first and foremost well, before we get them on?
2: I, I mean, I, obviously, I want to ask about the players themselves. But uh, you know, we've talked to. Uh, ben and Jack, the, the last few times we've had uh, those that type of guest on. And, they're for, they're, you know, those teams played the USHL, as did most of the ASU recruits except for uh, Carson Kosabud. Um, actually, even uh, Matthew Kopperud, who played last year in the USHL, played a couple of years uh, in Merritt in the BCHL. And, you know, it's a different animal, the, the the junior teams in the U.S. compared to the junior teams in Canada, and so I, I'm really interested to get uh, that sort of perspective from Trevor. Um, those kinds of inside baseball types of things. Um, I'm also, you know, I don't want to give away all my material before we get him on, but you know, those are the kinds of things that I'm that I'm looking that I'm looking to ask him besides the stuff on the ice. Um, you know, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, the, you know, I'm also, you know, just curious about, uh, like for example, you know, how they, what they also do, uh, in the off season, because they're busy, these guys 12 months a year, it's not just during the season. So
0: yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I see that we've got Trevor coming on board here shortly. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break, Paul. Let's get uh, a few of our sponsors in. And let's come back with uh, Trevor Miller from the Penticton Vs of the BCHL. We'll be right back. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at mexicanmoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right year for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the
2: everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive, too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. Free game like a bro, post-game like a
0: champion at College Bar & Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar & Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious, all right and uh a few technical difficulties there but we're back and it's uh scott Strandy and paul hornstein scott out in scottsdale arizona my long distance devil paul hornstein joining us from beautiful long island new york today i understand and our special guest coming in from beautiful british columbia i'm guessing is trevor miller the director of broadcasting and communications with the penticton v so Trevor first of all welcome in how are you how's your family how's everybody doing with the uh, coronavirus up there in BC
1: Yeah first off uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on obviously it's a pleasure to be on and yeah I think things are things are okay in BC you know I think uh, they've they've monitored it pretty well with everything that's happening obviously it's been a tough adjustment for everybody and especially a town like Penticton that is such a summer town where we get a lot of tourism up here and right now we'd really be feeling the effects of that. You know, you're coming into may and it's really starting to ramp up with a lot of summer activities and a lot of other people that come in from nearby Alberta or even uh, across the border in the States as well as we see a lot of people come up, you see a ton of different license plates uh, in Penticton from any given summer. So I think tourism's, you know, obviously impacted quite a bit, but I think everybody's holding up. Okay. And it seems like we might be on a positive swing with this. So, you know, all we know is in a month or two from now, we might be back to, to being outside and maybe getting back to somewhat of normalcy after this.
0: Well, I'm going to let Paul jump in with a, a host of questions for you as well here in just a minute. But <laughs> Let's... I, I always like to follow that up when I when I give you the little welcome. And and the reason we wanted to have you on it, there's so many interesting things and so many ties, if you believe it or not, between Arizona and uh, and BC. You know, uh, our native son here in, in Chain Down is – not far from from your area and of course Tyson Nash is not far from that area and uh, a lot of a lot of guys have made their home down here now after they play professional hockey but we're really interested in talking to you about some of the guys that have made commits to uh, to come play hockey at Arizona State and just kind of get the feel for that so before Paul jumps in with his first question I just want to ask you what what's the vibe about Arizona State what are you hearing from the players and the and the coaches up there and maybe you've probably seen some of our coaches as scouts up there.
1: Yeah, I know. I've, uh, I've seen Greg Powers quite a bit up here, obviously. Uh, with the V's this year, we had two guys and Carson Kozabud and Jackson Dietermeyer that are committed to go to ASU. So, you know, you see an ASU jacket around uh, every so often. And even, you know, when you go elsewhere around the league, I think the perception of what Arizona State's done over the last few years is, is build a really quality program. And I think Greg's done a great job down there. I think that's a team that has really started to pick up a lot of traction. You see that they're, you know, playing a lot of the bigger schools now and have a lot of a have a lot of a draw when they go somewhere. And uh, I think the perception from this league is a very good one. We've seen a lot of players as a pipeline from the BCHL. Go to Arizona State, and I think it's a it's a relationship that's really good. I think the players that have gone there have been quality players, and I think it's one of those schools that's becoming a destination school for a lot of players. And obviously, you know the fact that you can go to the rink and flip flops helps. I think a lot of guys really enjoy that. But I think uh, I think overall, just the the program that's been built up there and and how things have developed there, I think is really had an effect on guys and in wanting to play for the Sun Devils. And it's been a really positive one. You know, I talked to, to Carson this year about going there. He's super excited to come down, actually grew up in Arizona, spent a lot of time in Arizona as a youngster playing his minor hockey there. So he's got a relationship there. And obviously Jackson's Jack to go there as well uh, in the next couple of seasons. So I think the perception is is a great one from BC to Arizona. Okay,
2: well, you got a – the, the giving us uh, uh, about Jackson Niedemeyer just gives us an extra player to talk about, which is good because that helps us uh, uh, more information. Carson came to you guys from the USHL um, in the middle of a year, so sometimes that doesn't give you a true indication of, of what a guy can do. What's been your observations of – Carson over the last year and a half and, and how much has he changed as a player from from one season to the next just not splitting up his year from team to team
1: yeah you know for myself uh, last year I was with the trail smoke eaters in this league as well so I hadn't, I hadn't had a chance to see him a whole lot last year uh, before I came to the V's this year but I had parts of seeing him last year and obviously you know, we all have ways of watching games. So once right. the playoffs came around, you really get involved in in watching a bunch of different games. And I think he was a guy that maybe struggled a little bit with the jump and not knowing what kind of player he was. I think obviously when you, when you have that transition of going from the U.S. to Canada, it's his first time being out west to play hockey – You know, you gotta adapt to so many different things in such a short amount of time. And I think it was a it was a bit of a difficult challenge for him as a as a guy that not really knowing, you know, where he stood on a defense core last year that had a lot of quality players, but I still think he stood out in a good way. I think he was physical, I think he added a lot of intensity to the lineup for the V's. And speaking more to it from this year's standpoint and a chance to watch him on an everyday basis, he's a great skater. I think he's probably one of the best and more mobile skaters that the V's decor had this year. He's a guy that can move the puck up ice very well, and uh, his transition play is outstanding. And someone who I think is more gifted offensively than he might get some credit for when you look at his numbers this year. But he's a guy that obviously plays uh, plays with a lot of heart, and is a character in the dressing room. You know, there's a lot of guys that that really like being around him in the dressing room, and and is someone that brings a lot of energy every day. So I think the transition was a little bit of a tough one, as we see a lot of the time with guys coming from the USHL to the BCHL, and I'm sure it's the other way around as well with guys coming from BC and then going to play in the States, that you're going to have a bit of transition period. It's going to be a bit of a tough time, but it's how you persevere through that and adapt to to play in the league, and I think Carson did a great job this year. He was an admirable defenseman uh, this season for the V's, and they were on a very, very good decor that didn't give up that many goals. I believe third lowest in the league this season when giving up goals against, and uh, definitely played with his heart on his sleeve this year, and is a guy that uh, that I would vouch for as, as being a really good college hockey player, because I think he can just adapt to his role, whether he's playing on a top-unit power player, or he's playing a depth role. I think he's a guy that can really adapt.
2: Well, when defensemen go into the NHL and go into the professional ranks, they say it takes defensemen a little bit longer to 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 kind of get comfortable. Is it the same kind of transition that happens when when uh, when when players go into junior hockey? Because I mean, I've seen I've not really seen a whole lot of junior hockey live, so it's hard for me to judge. Uh, I, I've seen you know kids play at thirteen and fourteen. Uh, but that's not the same thing. When they come into the to the junior level, the BCHL, or even one of the other leagues that are the junior leagues, is it kind of the same transition?
1: Yeah, I think that's incredibly fair to say. I think as a D-man, you know, I think more often than not, if you're seeing a guy who is a defenseman that's staying in this league for three or four years, you're going to see that more so than than possibly a forward does, just because I think, as a forward, it's easier to transition. You have two other guys you can play with and you're maybe not as exposed a whole lot. Obviously you're going to play a lot more on the back end than you would up front. And I think for defensemen, it can be a tough challenge. And especially when you're coming from different leagues, like Carson did where you come from the USHL to the BCHL. And I think, you know, there's always been that kind of motto that the BCHL has been a bit more offensively gifted and, you know, you can kind of spread your wings a little bit more. Whereas I think the USHL is a bit more of a defensive game and, I think that's a big adjustment to make because you got guys coming at you two hundred miles an hour down a wing. You got to learn how to defend. You got to learn how to do that quickly. And I think uh, I I think that's very fair to say where you have a bit more of a maturing process for a guy on the back end, and maybe a highly touted sixteen-year-old coming into this league as a forward compared to a defenseman might leave for college as a true freshman at eighteen, spend two years in this league, whereas a defenseman might take an extra year, maybe even an extra two to develop a little bit more and I think that you can stay you can say the same thing when that guy goes off to college and you know it's not very often that you see defensemen taken 2 or 3 years after their their college career I think you know a lot of guys stay until their senior season and mature as much as they can before they make the r- jump to professional hockey so I think it's a very valid point to say that you know it doesn't matter what level you're at whether you're at junior whether you're at college or whether you're at the professional level I think really maturing on the back end and trying to find a way to get your grasp on playing defense and playing your own zone is is a big uh, adjustment for a lot of young defensemen. So
2: when we see Carson come to ASU next year, um, two things. Uh, one, as, 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 as fans and people who wa- follow the program very closely, uh, what would you say would be the aspect of his game, A, that he – probably needs to work on the most, uh, and what aspect of his game would will we be surprised at in a positive manner?
1: I think, you know, managing the highs and lows of games is so important, and I think at times, you know, you can get yourself so wrapped up in emotion, and I think uh, the one thing with Carson is that with the way that he plays as an energizing player and playing with the, you know, his heart on his sleeve, he'll have a couple of really good shifts and play some good ones, and then... And maybe get a little bit too overzealous and, you know, maybe find a way into the offensive zone and maybe hang out there a little too much. And I think just trying to find that consistency on a shift to shift basis that will make for such a, uh, an important player in college hockey. I think that's one thing, obviously from, from my view, anyway, that I think that is something that he could maybe work on a little bit moving up to the next level. But I think one thing that, that might surprise him when you watch next year and then even throughout the course of his career, as a Sun Devil, is just his foot speed. He's incredibly quick, and we had a lot of games this year where our defense was moving the puck as good as our forwards was and was moving up ice, quickly getting into the play, and making smart plays. I think for Carson, that's one of the things that he does so well is that he uses his foot speed to get around forwards and to get to the puck first inside of his own zone and breaks it out very effectively. So I think for him... You know, the, one of the things that surprised me watching from from last year to this year, obviously not having a very close eye on him last year, but really seeing his play this season was the fact that his foot speed is just incredible. And, you know, he won the V's team award for most improved player from last year to this year. I think that says a lot of a kid that came in and, and didn't have much of a role last year and really established himself as a solid 5, 6, 20-year-old uh, defender this year on a very deep defensive core that the v's had and i think that's one thing that you know i think might open a few eyes next year is watching him rush the puck and how fluidly he takes the puck through the neutral zone
2: uh and people also don't realize how important that first pass is especially as a defenseman to get out of the zone
1: i think it's it's probably the most important thing you know if the puck doesn't get out of your own zone then there's no way of moving it to the other end and you know obviously forwards have a big uh responsibilities well to position themselves well to get into open ice and to find a way to to create avenues for their defenders to pass to but I think it's so important to have that first pass as a defenseman whether you know you take a chance and throw the puck through the middle of the ice or it's just the simple glass and out and get the puck out to center and relieve any pressure I think you know that's one thing that Carson did well this year he's got a great hockey IQ and he makes a smart decision in his own zone and I think you know, when it comes to that first pass, it's so crucial. And I think that's what a lot of defensemen are learning now is just how important uh, that first pass is out of their own zone. And I think that's something that Carson did really well this year is advancing the puck forward. And, and then, you know, you know that you did a good job and you get the offense moving back the other way.
2: Yeah, because when a forward uh, kind of screws up and, and, and doesn't make that first pass pretty well, he's got a defenseman back there to help him out. Defensemen have no help. So people, uh, especially uh, people who might be new to the game, have to understand just how important that is.
1: Well, and everything's cohesion, right? Everybody's on the same page, and you know it's all it's all one big working mechanical metric. Where you know if you have everybody on the same page and you're moving the puck effectively, then yeah, you're not going to have any problems. But you know if you have a forward that maybe blew his coverage in the neutral zone and, you know, the, the defenseman doesn't have any options. Like you said, he's the last line of defense. He's the last guy back there. So it's a bit of an intimidating one for sure where you know that you have to get a good clean pass out right away. But I think it's something that the defensemen are really uh, urged to do, especially at a young age and have an opportunity to really grow that skill set because – You know, there's so much because I think scoring is is going up the game so much faster than it was, say, even 10 years ago that I think that first pass has just become even more crucial.
0: Trevor.
2: Scott, uh, did you have a question about uh, Carson?
0: (laughs) Uh, I want to pass it on to uh, Jackson Niedermeyer because I know he's uh, still a little ways away. He's an one birth year. But tell me a little bit about uh, what you saw to him as a literally a youngster. And uh, how is his development going? We know his bloodlines are good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, is that he's a great person. He, he was one of the most fun guys to be around this year and having an opportunity to really hang out with those guys on a daily basis. You know, he was a guy that really lightened the mood every day in the dressing room. He was a lot of fun to be around. And, you know, obviously, I, I think, especially when you look at the V's this year, there were five guys who – came to this team with NHL bloodlines and you know not necessarily NHL players that just maybe played one or two games you could easily talk about five <laughs> hall of fame guys that were that were on this team this year i, I kind of had to shake my head sometimes this season and think wow this is so this is really a thing it, it was quite it was something you know and of course you're going to get asked that every rink that you go to uh, you know everywhere yep. that you go it's all the fanfare of looking down the lineup and seeing these recognizable names but I think for Jackson, you know, he's such a humble kid that he doesn't let that get to him. And he's someone who still works hard. And, you know, last year as his first year in the league as an old one, a young 17 year old, he had to battle through an injury, only played 30 plus games and wasn't able to finish the season. And I think that was a big motivator for him this year. He made a conscious effort to stay in Penticton. You know, obviously the Niedermeyers have a house in California, but they've also have a residence here in Penticton. And he made a big effort to stay here in Penticton and you know train with our with our assistant coach Matt Fraser who was able to get him into really good shape and it was funny you know coming into training camp I didn't get a whole lot of chance to watch Jackson last year just because of the injury and he didn't play many games against us last season but when you watched him in training camp this year he just had a burst of energy and was one of the fastest players on the team or one of the most explosive players on the team and It was one of the most notable things in camp. You know, in the preseason, I think he played three games. He probably scored four goals. He was all over the net in the preseason, and he got out to a really good start at the beginning of the year and played very well. And I think one of the things that that really helped him this year is just being comfortable with that sophomore progression. I think he had a year, even though it wasn't a full year, I think he still had a year to kind of adapt to the league and kind of figure things out a little bit and, All of a sudden, he comes to the team this year. He's got 20-plus goals, and he's got an unbelievable shot. I I think this is a kid that next year, with the way that he played this season, I think he's a 30-goal scorer next year. I think he's going to be one of the top players in the league and definitely one of the top players on this team next year just because of his work ethic, how well he plays in the the offensive zone, and his shot just makes things so much easier for him but you know obviously the bloodlines I think play a little bit into that as well obviously he's got a pretty good role in Scott Niedermeyer and the exciting thing for these fans next year is that uh, his younger brother Josh who's only 16 uh, committed to the team to play next year too as a defenseman and he's got a lot of great talent as well so it'll be uh, two Niedermeyers on on the team just as it were if it were Scott and Rob on the Anaheim Ducks so I feel pretty privileged right now.
2: Yeah they want a cup that way so
1: yeah, if we're hoping follow- the same <laughs> thing happens here, too.
0: If I can follow that up real quickly by, uh, you know, here at Oceanside Ice Arena, I don't know how much you know about that, but it's the old school ice arena. And when I sit up in the press box seats, uh, uh, I have a rafter that's right above my head. And as I look to my right, I uh, occasionally will see Mario Lemieux standing there. And I have to shake my head every now and then to go like, I'm in Tempe, Arizona, and Mario Lemieux is standing near the glass about uh, – 150 feet away from me so it, it, it's a strange thing but the, the guys seem to feel comfortable i talked to shane doan his son josh is committed as well and they seem to like the atmosphere that that brings and of course we're getting a new arena down the road here but um have the guys talked about that at all about what it might be like to come down to tempe arizona and play
1: You know I think uh, when I talked to Carson this year especially he was real excited to come down and and play obviously he's someone who knows the area well and I didn't really get a great chance to talk to Jackson about it I think obviously because I think the sights are still set on next season for him and being back in Penticton and having another crack at trying to win especially after the season was shortened this year and you could argue that the V's were uh, if not the best one of the best teams uh, in the BC Hockey League this year so I think You know, it was. It's going to be a pretty big motivator next year when the season comes around. But I know Carson was pretty excited to go down there. And you know, it's funny you mention when you see Mario Lemieux around. And you know, obviously with the way that the V's were constructed this year, with all the NHL caliber kind of guys, you know, we'd have post game meals in the rink uh, after games. you know you'd be walking through and, and just about to go and get your plate for the buffet and you look to your left and Doug Waite standing there and then you know you look to your right and Mike Sillinger's there and it's just kind of one of those things where you got to shake your head and kind of pinch yourself and you know when Doug Waite comes up to shake your hand and say you do a great job it's something that uh that definitely sticks with you for a little while so I've had the privilege of, of seeing a lot of quality guys come into this league with the with NHL bloodlines or not and uh Obviously, you know, it's a big opportunity for for these kids to come in. And I think one of the biggest things that we see as well is just, I don't, you know, obviously I don't know with Lemieux, but there's no ego with some of these guys that come in right now. It seems like they want to create their own path. They want to carve their own path to the pros or they want to go to college under their own circumstances. And it's one of the more refreshing things I think you can see right now.
2: Well, before we move on to some of the stuff, because I have some curiosities about things off the ice and some inside baseball things. Uh, ASU had uh, another has another kid that's coming in uh, from this year's recruiting class. He played last year in the USHL, but did play two seasons at Merritt in the BCHL. What, if anything, can you tell us about Matthew Copperuth?
1: Yeah, I had a pretty good chance to watch him. Uh, you know, my first year calling play-by-play in this league – uh, was We played Merritt in the playoffs. I was, I was working for the West Kelowna Warriors, and we played Merritt in the, in the playoffs. Now, we didn't necessarily get the best bet of that since we lost in four, and uh, that was pretty upsetting. But obviously, you know, we played that Merritt team that had Matthew Copperroot on it. And, you know, I think as a, as a kid coming into this league, I believe he was 17 when he came into this league and then spent his second season in Merritt as an 18-year-old. You know, he's a kid that develops so much after just one season. And Merritt also, I think he benefited from an older team as well. You know, the first year that he was with the Centennials, they were a bit of a younger team. You know, they beat us in four games in, in West Kelowna, but they lost to the Penticton in six. And, you know, the next year he comes around and, you know, he's playing on an older Merritt team that that has a lot of veteran players on it. And uh, that was a team that, that almost was able to finish first in the division a year ago, uh, just falling a point short of Penticton now. Uh, when I was in Trail last year, we beat them in five. So obviously, I remember that a little bit better than what I did mm-hmm. uh, from from the first year. But you know, right. he's a kid that I think can play anywhere in your lineup, and I think that's why you know it's so exciting to get him in because he was a guy that played consistently uh, on the top two lines in, Merit in the, in his last season when he was with the Centennials. That you know he played with some really good players. He was an older guy, he's a bigger body, but he's got a lot of skill and he's got a lot of grit too. He can go to the front of the net. He's not afraid to to hang into the front of the goal, look around for some of those garbage goals and, and play in the dirty areas. And I think that's something that once you move up to college hockey, I think that's something that just becomes so valuable because if you become a perimeter player in junior, I think it really becomes exposed when you're playing against older men. You're playing against 24-year-old uh, men in college hockey that you don't necessarily play against in junior. And I think that's something that, You know, he. I think. I think he'll develop to be a pretty good player in the college hockey ranks because he's a guy that can adapt to playing on a on a third or a fourth line level. But he'll give you the same uh, determination whether he's playing in the top six or the bottom six. And you know, from what I watched of him uh, during his time in the BC Hockey League, he's a guy that can really work hard and and uh, and again get to those dirty areas to try and find the puck. And he was a top three scorer when he was in Merida. You know, his first or his, his last season with the Centennials and a guy that just seemed like every time we played him, he was coming in with a five or six game point streak, scored a ton of goals and and really just had an opportunity to to really come in and play well against us. And uh, he was a guy that set up a lot for that merit team that year to, to go as far as they did. And he's definitely a guy that I think will will adjust pretty well to, to college hockey.
2: All right, now uh, a, a little bit of I have some curiosities and and, and about some off ice stuff. Um, Trevor,
0: Trevor, let me tell you, he's got a lot of them, so get prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: first of all, you know, while I haven't been around teams in the USHL, uh, I read and I and, and I've been following the game for a long time. You know, a lot of our our listeners and followers, since we follow. Uh, Arizona State are folks that weren't were in school where they didn't even have the program. Um, and, and junior hockey in the U.S. is so different from junior hockey up in Canada. Uh, if you could, in a few sentences, just make people understand the importance of junior hockey and what those teams mean to those towns that are in uh the Canadian junior system.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think they mean so much and I think you kind of feel that more so this year than any other year, especially in a place like Penticton. You know, this is a this is a city that I grew up in and you know, I spent 13 years here before uh, going around to a couple of other places before finding my way back here again and you know, it's it's such a tight knit community that cares about their team and We get three three thousand plus fans out, whether it's a Friday night or a Wednesday night. This town really cares about this team. And I think they were so devastated when they heard the news that the season would be canceled this year because of how good of a team that the V has constructed. And I think you know it's something that that kind of is without words of how much uh, some of these junior teams mean to these communities. You know, I was on a spot in trail last year where there's eight thousand people in that city. You know they get 2,500 people out to the games. I don't think there's many places that you're going to get a tenth of your of your population or more to come out to your hockey games. So I think that's just a great example of not just here in Penticton, but everywhere around the BC Hockey League of how much junior hockey means to some of these communities. You get your lifelong season ticket holders who have come out to see every game from from you know obviously being in the times in Penticton when Brett Hall and Paul Korea were here. To you know, coming through the ranks of seeing Tyson Jost and Dante Favreau, and now having an opportunity last year to see a first round pick and Jay O'Brien play for this team, I think it's so exciting to see just how you know the older fans appreciate it. You get the families out there because it's so affordable to come out to these games, and the kids just love it. You know, we have a great opportunity here in Penticton where children 18 and under get into the games for free i think that's really opened up a lot of the popularity of this team as well to grow some fans from a younger basis and i I just think you know sometimes especially when you go out to the community events with some of these kids and you see some of the kids when you go to a school visit you know they line up to get these kids autographs and you know when they're playing hockey downstairs when they're playing mini sticks in the basement. You know, they're thinking that they're a Danny Waite, that they're a Jackson Niedermeyer uh, in their own in their own minds. So I think to some of these kids, they're great role models, and it's almost like having a professional hockey team, you know, inside of your own community.
2: It it kind of sounds a, a lot like certain areas of this country with their high school football teams. Based on your description, I think it's very similar
1: it. that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, the some of the other questions I had,
2: people. You know, I sit here and, and, and I know that uh, the BCHL is not part of the CHL, which is the Canadian Hockey League and, the, and, and some of the other junior leagues are all part of that. Is there a specific reason for that? Um, and I know it also makes a difference in whether kids can go to play at, at colleges and, and, and whatnot. Is there a specific reason for that or is it just never worked out over time?
1: You know, I don't know if it's a if there's a specific reason for it, but obviously the CHL kind of embodies all of major Junior hockey in in Canada. So whether you're talking about the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, or the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, you know, that's where the CHL is com- is compromised. and the CJHL, which is the Canadian Junior Hockey League, kind of embodies all of the junior A leagues and uh, and everything in that case. so, you know, I don't know if there's a if there's necessarily a reason for, it, but the but the guidelines are pretty strict in saying that you know if you step on the ice with with a team from the Western Hockey League or if you sign anything you know with them that you know the, you, your college eligibility goes out the window. And I think it, you know it could be because there there are some stipends that you get in the in the Western Hockey League that would make it a bit tough uh, when it comes down to playing college in the states because I know the 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 rules are pretty strict. Uh, when it comes to the NCAA, but I don't know if there's a specific reason for that, but that's kind of the difference. And you know, it's it's a big difference, obviously, and it makes for you know, especially in a league in the BC hockey league where recruiting is everything in this league, and it makes for some interesting battles where you have some kids that are maybe top Western League picks, but don't know if they want to go to if they, they want to take the major junior route or if they want to take the junior A and, and college route. So it's definitely a it's a high commodity here that when you get some players with some top end talent and trying to recruit them to your city and and trying to get them to play for your team. but you know going back to your original question, I don't know if there's a specific reason as to why there's such a discrepancy, but it's just one of those things that you got to work around.
2: Um, you talked you you said that the BCHL teams have to recruit. Uh, so is that a conscious effort not to have a draft like the the other leagues do?
1: Yeah, you know, I think they had a draft in this league probably about four or five years ago. It was an affiliated player draft, so you kind of get to, you know, pick a 15-year-old and and you have the opportunity to just have him affiliate with your program. And I think that worked to a certain extent, but I I don't think it did either. I think, you know, a good example of that was Coquitlam picked Matt Barzell in their affiliated draft, and obviously that was a pretty good pick, but he went on to go and play in Seattle in the Western League after that, so... Uh, you know it's it's tough to say I personally like the recruitment of of this league and you know going out and finding the best players and you know our hockey staff headed up by you know Fred Harbison, the head coach general manager and president of this team has done a great job in bringing players in because they've had so many highly touted players in this league but I think you know the one thing about this league is that it's starting to catch up the parody in this league is really starting to catch up I think you know, I, and I don't know how much you guys can speak to it from Arizona State, where you you see some players come in for the BCHL, but it really starts to seem like this league is pulling away from you know being one of the one of the premier junior leagues uh, in Canada, if not you know in in North America as well, and competing with the North American Hockey League and then also uh, with the USHL as well. So you know, I like the fact that there's some recruitment in this league. I think it's important to try and find the best players and identify them and. I think, you know, when it comes to a draft kind of process, I think it's so tough out West when you're competing with the Western Hockey League to try and come away with that kind of a draft. So I think that's why it's steered towards more of a recruitment in this league.
2: Well, and I don't think people realize, and, and Scott, you can attest to this as much as, as, as I can. Uh, when ASU was a club program, uh, Coach Powers was getting a lot of players out of the BCHL. Uh, obviously, there was a... a a ceiling to the kind of players he can get. But once they made the jump to NCAA, uh, he could go after those top players. And, I, and, I'm, and, and especially in the beginning, you know, considering he had the established roots there, and, 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 and Trevor may or may not have seen it at that point or noticed it, but that's why especially early on uh, when Coach Powers has gotten Canadian players, they've been from the BC and Western Canadian area.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that relationship has worked out so well. And, you know, I think it's similar climates. I think when you look at, you know, the province of BC and, and when you look at Arizona, obviously I think it's a little hotter down there, clearly it's in a (laughs) desert surrounding, but actually in Penticton, you know, it's funny that it's, it's a similar kind of surrounding, you know, it gets up to, you know, a hundred, 110 degrees here in the summer. And, uh, it's a spot that people love to come to. You know, I heard before I came on, you guys were kind of introing it with, you know, the lakes, there's actually two lakes that surround the city. So you get plenty of people that come out here and love to vacation out here. And and I know there's a lot of NHL guys that have found their way back here to, to find their home here, or, or some have gone through to Kelowna as well, which is an hour away from Penticton where uh, a lot of uh, NHL guys have kind of planted their roots for the summer. But I think the relationship, you know, between ASU and the BCHL has been great. I think, you know, we're starting to see the dividends of that where there's more and more players coming in. And I think, you know, the style of play in the BCHL, I think, really tailors to the style of play from Arizona State. You know, I know I remember from my early days in this league, Jordan Masters is a player that played in West Kelowna made the transition to Arizona State, and I think he had a phenomenal college career, and he was a he was a pretty good collegiate player, and I think now you know, you're starting to see the dividends of that in Arizona State. I believe Jordan Sandu is another player there, and Jack Judson, a young defenseman who played in yeah. Vernon uh, here before that uh, is in Arizona State now. So I think it's exciting to see all these players branch out to different schools and have the success that they did, and I think uh, you know having that relationship between the BCHL and Arizona State is so important because I think it just grows hockey, whether it's in BC or or south of the border, and especially on those uh, in those states that are the more warmer climate states, but places like California, Arizona, and, you know, also Texas, and obviously now Las Vegas, we're starting to see a lot more players come from there. And I think, you know, especially from the Arizona side of things, I'm sure you guys can speak to it. The Austin Matthews effect, I think, played such a big part of that where, you know, hockey is be- is starting to become a pretty big thing down there.
2: Yeah, there's Absolutely. no doubt. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: Hold on one second, Paul. Uh, I okay. just want to ask Trevor one quick question because uh, I know we don't have much time left, but um, Trevor, I we cover ACHA hockey as well on our, our Wednesday night show, which is club hockey Southwest weekly. And I know that, that my ACHA coaches at the university of Arizona and UNLV really search the BCHL hard to find guys that maybe slip through the cracks and, and don't get that college uh, NCAA scholarship, but, what do
1: you know about that? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of guys. You know, you you see that from a long line of lists, and I think you know when you when you look at UNLV, I think there was a guy Elijah Bariga, I believe, uh, who played in Salmon Arm. He played, I believe, two years at UNLV, and now he's transferred over to AS to AIC. That's just a great success story, and that's I think you know what a lot of kids go through, and if you don't necessarily have. You know a Division One scholarship. I think Division Three scholarships are just as important because there are so many quality schools that you can play. You know, you talk about Arizona and and that's been a great program. UNLV as well has really developed a really strong relationship here with this league. So it's fun to see because you know just because a guy doesn't necessarily get a Division One scholarship, he can go and branch off and play Division Three somewhere else and. Those are just as good. You know, there are some Division Three markets that are very big. I know St. Norbert is one of the biggest ones out east and is one that pulls from this league as well. So I think it just speaks to the talent of this league on another level as well where you can have guys go to the different tiers of college hockey and have such a big impact. All right, so one last question
2: for me. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot earlier than anybody wanted it to be, but – What's the off season like for Trevor Miller?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is a lot earlier than than we wished because obviously, I think when you look at the calendar right now, you could argue that this team would still be playing. It could still be, you know, a Doyle Cup between uh, British Columbia and Alberta after the league championships have gone, uh, culminating in a national championship, but you know, for me right now, it's just, it's generating a lot of social media content. You know, we're, we're a team that, you know, I like to pride on the fact that we've got a really good social following. And I think we, we come up with some really creative ideas with myself and the marketing team that we have, you know, in Penticton, I headed up by Alex Wellsman, who's our director of corporate partnerships. And she always likes to, you know, give ideas on, on ways that we can better the business. And I think that's something that, you know, we're doing a lot of right now is just kind of brainstorming and getting into a play of, you know, okay, this worked last year. How's this going to translate to next year? And, you know, next year for this city and for this team, it's a big year. You know, we're slated to host the Centennial Cup, which is the National Junior A Championship, and it's the first time that it's ever going to be hosted here in Penticton. So I think that's such a big part of of what's going into our planning for next year and trying to make it next year the most successful thing. But, yeah, you know, for me, it's just, it's, it's just that kind of thing where – You know, it's just trying to maybe pick pocket off of some other teams, seeing what works for them, maybe adapting it to our social medias. I think, you know, you're not you're not doing your job unless you're looking around and looking what other teams are doing. And I think that's something that that we've uh, done a really good job of and we've and we've built up a really good social following. So for me, it's just trying to find a lot of different ideas right now, brainstorm a lot of different things. and of course try and get in a round or two of golf here and then uh, obviously you know if, you, if you've you got this time early on the courses are open in bc we might as well take advantage of it
0: <laughs> absolutely well trevor we'll let you go but i always want our guests that we come on to uh to give us a little snapshot of of life in and T- penticton so to so give us a snapshot of or or you speak to the listeners and tell them why they should come on vacation or maybe come up and buy a house or something in Penticton. And and what's it like in the wintertime and the summertime, if you could, in the, in a few sentences?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it, it's such a great spot. I think, honestly, it's it's so similar to Arizona where the climate's nice. It's not humid. It's It's kind of a dry heat, but it's so warm up here. And, you know, the beaches are always packed in the summer, obviously, when they can be, I think you know, when, when we get out of this, I think, you know, it's going to go back to life of, you know, the, with everybody being around and such a great environment to be in, you know, it's it, it's such a fun city to be a part of in the summer. Uh, you know, they've got great events going on throughout the course of three or four months in the summer. And obviously in the winter, it kind of dies down a little bit, but that's where the V's come into play a lot. And it's a lot of people's getaway on a Friday and Saturday night to come out to the rink and, and enjoy, their, enjoy their team. So, you know, it's a city that's encompassed by a lot of mountains, and uh, you know, it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of water with the two lakes uh, surrounding the city. But you know, it's it's just such a great spot to be. It's a smaller town of about forty thousand, but is somewhere that I think a lot of people find home, and and a lot of people you know venture away from this place out of their teenage years, and then find themselves coming back later on in life because it's just such a good spot to settle down in. So it's got a lot for everybody. You know, we've got a ski mountain here for. For when the winter comes around loaded with golf courses uh it's the wine capital of canada i believe you know i think there's somewhere around 200 different vineyards encompassing about a 100 mile radius here uh in the okanagan so i can't speak enough to it where it's it's a great place it's i'm proud to call it home and it's one of the best spots to be in and i really enjoy being here and, uh, and you know what if you guys ever want to ever want to take a trip up north you know where to find me
2: Absolutely. excellent we'll, thank we'll, you we'll very much you up on that and if you want to
0: come down and play some golf in arizona by all means look us up because
1: well yeah i was uh, thinking the winter is probably a perfect time oh, you know if you guys are looking <laughs> for another media guy for the eight for asu I'd, I'd be happy to, to jump on yeah,
0: absolutely <laughs> well you never know stay in touch that's for sure uh i'll let you go on this one uh i know you said you're over in trail and, and a, a, a guy that i got to know very well down here is craig cunningham and i know you probably all know the story of craig and what happened to him and I happened to be one of two media people that were at the uh, Tucson Convention Center the night that he had his um, massive heart failure and uh, you know he speaks so highly of trail and his brother Ryan did a uh, bike ride to benefit uh, his, his uh, foundation and uh, had a chance to visit with Ryan too so the Cunningham's great people. His mom, their mom, Heather, still lives up there. And I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, the Cunninghams are, are a great part of Arizona hockey, and certainly a great part of ice time hockey Southwest.
1: Yeah, no, he he's he's an inspiration, I think, to everybody with the way that he's uh, persevered through it. And we had a night last year in Trail where he came out and dropped the puck, and we had a, a big crowd that night. I want to say it was twenty three or twenty four hundred people because you know, growing up in a small town, you know, you come through with the success story that Craig had and everybody knows who he is. So it was great to see he came out and dropped the puck, had a chance to shake his hand and kind of, you know, exchange hi, how are you before the game? And it was something special. You know, he means so much to that city and uh, and that community and what he's done uh, with his foundation and and how he's gone around, uh, you know, since that tragic accident happened, I think has been a great story for everybody. And, you know, I can just tell, you know, by just talking to him for a few minutes, he's a guy who who obviously knows what he's doing and, and does a great job with his foundation and is someone that I think a lot of people can model themselves after. So, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it was definitely a great night last year when he came out and, and was able to attend one of our games and drop the puck and get everybody excited with his arrival there. And uh, definitely a, a great role model for some younger people to try and follow in his footsteps and and is a guy that, uh, that means a lot to the community of trail
0: you know and and we couldn't say it any better ourselves but i can tell you i'm kind of shocked that he didn't put a skate on and start skating around before he dropped the puck because what, <laughs> what a fantastic story i was there when six months later he he put a skate on for the first time on his uh his artificial leg and it was just absolutely touching trevor thanks so much for spending some time with us tonight we uh, certainly appreciate, yeah, appreciate it. it appreciate that anytime you want to come back on and talk or Want to come down and play some golf? Just let us know. You got our number now. So.
1: <laughs> no, I <laughs> will edge. definitely do that for and sure. Stay, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, guys. I there, appreciate okay? coming on.
0: All right, stay yeah, safe. thank baby. you. All right, that's Trevor Miller, the uh, the voice, the uh, director of broadcasting and communication for the Penticton V's of the BCHL. Paul and I get a little long winded, so <laughs> we have a good yeah, time we do. A uh, big thanks to, to Trevor for joining us tonight. And, uh, Paul, uh, let's sneak in one one or two quick more ads here since we had a little uh, glitch earlier. And then uh, we'll okay. let you do your Okay. Well, we do have right? some
2: information we got to get to. Okay. We'll get there in just a second.
0: Wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse
1: Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly! Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone
2: baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas
0: two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right. And we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona, my long distance devil and co-host Paul Hornstein out on Long Island. And Paul, you do have a little bit of breaking news. I don't know if it's breaking news, but it's It's not breaking news,
2: but it's it's uh, news.
0: Bring it on in our last few minutes here.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, uh, I didn't get to physically see the news story until you screenshotted it to me. But, um, you know, if you have a chance and you are especially an ASU hockey fan, you need to go look up Sunday's uh, Arizona Republic and read Jeff Metcalf's story uh, because in there uh, the athletic director is quoted as building should start on time in November – for the multi-purpose facility uh, on the ASU campus to house several teams, including wrestling, gymnastics, some volleyball, and two ice sheets. So you can take it from there. Um, It's kind of weird because we all kind of wanted a big, giant announcement. But, you know, for our purposes, since we go every week, whether there's hockey or not, uh, the kind of the drips and drabs have kind of been, um, okay. Like I said, there's stuff we haven't even gotten to, uh, stuff that's not really a time thing where we have to worry about it. But that is the first time that the athletic director has been quoted.
0: Yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and, and like and, I told you when I saw it, Paul, is that the beauty of that is that it's there in print now, right? We know the exact site. Uh, there's been so many rumors about where it would be, and right. now we, while well, we know for sure. We know a start time. Uh, that's the first time that he's come out and said we will start uh, on time in November, and that he's right. talked about things. And we've also heard some things that have been quoted as well about w- what's the possibility of more hockey? Is there uh, women's hockey in the future? So, lots well, of good things that we can get to in another show.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, he he's. You know, he did an interview with with somebody else and there were questions asked. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the immediacy of things, uh, the the athletic director and like I said, in print said that things are scheduled to start in November and nothing to this point has pushed that timeline back, uh, which means two more seasons at Oceanside, uh, assuming everything goes on time, which is fine um and he also uh, was recorded saying that uh, several uh that there was that that they were being there in I I don't know what's the word I don't want to say negotiations because I don't know if that's how it works or deliberations or uh that several leagues as you would expect are interested in ASU so it's not like th- their choices are being limited um it, in terms of of where they go in a conference um if they put the shovels in the ground uh i don't know does does whatever league let them play one year at oceanside as part of the conference i don't know Uh, that's a question that
0: i can tell you from my end of it i think there's one league that uh would let them do that but uh that's yeah but for another show
2: that's yeah that's another show but i mean we had the interview scheduled and that story came out on Sunday. So, you know, we can't, uh, we, we couldn't not mention it uh, because uh, it, it's, it's a big story, even if it's being done quietly, because it's the story. And, you know, hopefully one day in the next few weeks, we, we can get somebody on to talk about it. Uh, you know, if not, you know, in May, then hopefully as the, the, the 2020-2021 school year starts. We get somebody on to talk about it. Um, I love your optimism. I love your optimism yeah. for a
0: school year, for bringing somebody on. Keep going, Paul. Let's okay, ser- seriously, I'll let you go into your, uh, your wrap-up for us, and we'll talk hockey again next week.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. College Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. Go see our guy up there in Paradise Valley. Uh, you probably remember his name a lot better than I do. Uh, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila for the best margaritas and more. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, call ahead for pickup or citywide delivery for a fee. Call them at 1 702 541 5546. And uh, there's not much time left in April. And I know at one point they had a 30% off sale for April, but there's only a few days left. So you better hurry. Uh, go to jessyraysbarbecue.com and place your order today. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community for over 25 years. Call or go online at behindthemask.com for curbside pickup. Buy summer skates. Uh, you can go to the Ice Time SW website and, and get a link to them. For shower shoes, koozie, and more, show your game in style and comfort. By this week's a Corporate Partner of the Week, uh, as deemed by uh, the boss there in Scottsdale, uh, by College Bar and Grill, the bigger and better location at 740 South Mill Avenue, call them at one 588 6451 Place your order to pick up lunch if you're working in downtown Tempe or dinner on your way home. By Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Junior Sun Devils. Uh, they should be announcing when they'll be opening up or what their policy on reopening up will be soon. By OxyPal, the natural way to clean and deodorize your office or your equipment. And check out their new line of hand sanitizers. Order yours at oxypal.com. I can attest to you that not only does it work, it smells nice, too. Uh, by M-Drive. It's all about energy, stamina, and recovery. Go to mdriveformen.com and use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off your order. By the Ice Den, Scottsdale and Chandler, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes and the Coyotes Youth Development Program. By, I'm sorry about that, for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are now available on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network.
0: Ah, That billboard's getting longer
2: and longer, Scott.
0: Bigger and better. You do a great job with it, Paul. Thank you so much for that. Have a good and a safe week. Like I said, uh, everything is now going to be up on various platforms, so search ITHSW Podcasts and your favorite podcast site. Listen to us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, and we'll sign off tonight as we do every Tuesday night with a little Hello New Day from our friends Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Be safe.
2: See you next week, Scott.